Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Our guest for today is one of my very favorite authors and speakers and Instagrammers, Jess Connolly. Now, lots of you guys might already follow along with Jess, but if you don't, get ready because you are going to love her. Jess is a mom to four beautiful kiddos, a wife to an awesome guy named Nick. She's leading a church plant in Charleston, and that is just the beginning. Jess is also the founder of the All Good Things Collective, which sells gorgeous art prints and apparel to encourage us in our relationships with God. She's also the co-author of a wonderful book called Wild and Free, and she just came out with an awesome new book called Dance, Stand, Run. But none of those things are the reason I wanted to invite Jess to our girls' night this week. I wanted to invite Jess because her relationship with God inspires me like crazy. She has this deep, connected, intimate relationship with Him, and even just getting a peek at the way she worships and learns from God inspires me to walk even deeper in my relationship with Him, too. And that's what today's episode's all about. You guys are going to love it. But before we jump in, there's something I wanted to make sure and tell you all about. So lately, I've been getting lots of emails from my sweet readers and listeners who are really looking to find and form deeper friendships. So many of them are looking around and realizing that they're just honestly kind of lonely in their lives right now. They don't have people that are really their people, and they have no idea how to go about changing that. And my gosh, I can relate to that struggle. When Carl and I first moved here to Nashville, we moved here without knowing anybody, and I had to figure out all over again how to find and make friends. I worked really hard at it, and I was able to meet some girls that I really liked, but our friendship still just sat there at the surface. We were friends, but we weren't each other's people yet, and I wasn't sure how to go deeper. Well, finally, I had an idea. I decided to write out a list of questions that I thought might help a group get to know each other better, and then I invited my new friends over for a girls' night. That night, we answered the questions. It was really simple, but as we did, we laughed and we cried and opened up and we spoke God's truth into tender areas of each other's lives, and I mean, it was amazing because before we knew it, strangers were becoming friends and friends were becoming best friends. That night, those questions were the beginning of true community for me and for lots of my girlfriends here in Nashville, and so I knew I couldn't just keep those questions to myself. What I ended up doing was turning those questions into a small group guide. It's called The Real Girl's Guide to Taking It All Off, Removing the Layers Between You and Deeper Friendship, and it is my favorite resource for really connecting as a community. My sweet reader Kara went through the guide recently with her small group, and this is what she had to say about it. She said, My group and I just finished your study, taking it all off, and we absolutely loved it. Our group wasn't super close to begin with. We were all friends of friends, but now we couldn't be closer. In the study, you asked questions that I would never think to ask, and talking through those things together transformed our group. They transformed me. Now I have five new best friends, and I'm so grateful to this guide for making it happen. Seriously, best decision ever. You guys, I love that. So whether you're looking to connect with old friends or go deeper with new friends or for the next study for your small group, our lives are so much richer when we have best friends to share them with, and this guide is my favorite way to get there. If you want to check it out and see more of what it's all about, I would love to give you a sneak peek and send you the first chapter of the book for free. All you have to do is go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash first chapter free and pop in your information and I will send it your way. Okay, friends, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jess Connolly. Um, guys, I am so just 
thrilled about who we have on the podcast today. Um, this is such a joy and an honor for me. Um, we are talking to my new friend, Jess Connolly. Um, Jess, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so, okay, I've been asking all of my friends to do this. Um, I would love it if you would just take a, take a second, introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do. And I've put all of my friends on the spot with this. Um, I'm going to ask you for a fun fact. And seriously, Ooh. sky's the limit. Whatever you can okay. think of. Okay, I'll have to think about my fun fact. Well, hi, I'm Jess Connolly. I am a wife and a mom. Um, I am, I live in Charleston, South Carolina, where my husband and I planted a church about four years ago and we have four very wild, very fun kids and one very fun dog. Um, I'm an entrepreneur and an author and a speaker. And so, um, spend my days with my hands in a bunch of different activities, sometimes helping my husband with church, sometimes running businesses, sometimes writing books, sometimes traveling and all the time a lot of coffee and a lot of dancing. <laughs> um, a fun fact about me is, okay, this is so random and it's the first thing that popped in my head. Yes, I just made my first return ever of a clothing item this week. What? How is that I possible? I never return anything. I never return anything. Okay, so that begs the question, one, are you the person who like really actively tries things on in the store? Like, do you make good decisions in the I store do. or do you just keep things that don't fit you? I do. I really, I think it's a combo of three things. I think number one, I'm a, I'm an aggressive trier on and I'm pretty, um, pretty like judiciary about what I bring into my life. So like I, I way overthink everything I buy. Like, how is this going to affect me? How's it going to affect everybody else? How's it going to, how am I going to feel about it in a year? How am I going to feel about it in five years? I have clothing items that I've had for 15 years that I like love. Oh yeah. Um, that, that like still to this day, people are like, I love that jacket. And I'm like, yep, yeah, I got it like the first month I was married. Um, so I, there's that number two. I think I, I, I do hold on to stuff sometimes longer than I should. Like I'll just, I'll just like, Oh, this isn't my favorite thing, but I'll keep it in my closet in case. Mm hmm. Um, and then third is I give a lot of stuff away. So I just, I'm like a serial giveawayer. Like if you come to my house and you're like, Oh, I need to borrow a shirt. You can leave with it. Like, I'm fine. That's fine. I'm very easy. Come easy go. So like, it's fine. No big deal. Um, so I typically, if I don't like something, I just give it away. I'm surrounded by a lot of women, but, and this week in particular, I had bought a dress about a month ago. I had really thought about it. Like, do I want this in my life? I like took pictures of myself in it in the dressing room. I said like, it's not my typical style, but I'm going to buy it. I think it's, it'll like spice it up when it came down to it. I was like, I really don't want to wear this. and I know I'm not going to wear it. And, um, so I tried to give it to one friend and she didn't like it. And I tried to give it to another friend and she didn't like it. And then I remembered it was a hundred dollars and I was like, Ooh. I think I really want that hundred dollars back. Yep. <laughs> so yep. I returned it and I was like, this is my first return ever. That's... But I didn't tell them that because, you know, that would look weird. Because they'll be like, what? Okay, that's I've... insane to me. Yeah, that's I've crazy. literally never returned a clothing item before. Okay, so and... recently I've started being like the ultimate return queen because I'll sit in the store and I cannot make a decision on the fly like that and I'll go back. Yeah. I'm the same as you. I'm like, okay, how, like I'm weighing the pros and cons. I'm trying to figure out if like, do I want this in my life? Is this worth this to me? Like whatever. And especially if I don't have a buddy with me to talk through it. 
Right. Then like I just get paralyzed and I don't buy anything. And so lately I've started overbuying and then returning, which means that like a couple Saturdays Saturdays ago, my husband and I had to go to like four different stores to return so right. like so much stuff. Like this right. is maybe like the opposite extreme, but at least <laughs> I'm being like I'm being careful. I need to like sit on it and think about it a little bit. I'm I'm surrounded by a lot of serial returners, which is interesting to me. My sister is a very big returner, like literally probably three times a week I say like what are you doing and she's like just returning a few things um and like very faithful about it and so I was like yeah I think I'm gonna try that returning stuff yeah that's fun yeah and it's kind of like they give you money like it feels like it yeah they give you money and like you forget about the fact that you gave them a lot of money up front (laughs) and it was your money anyway yeah okay I'm really also about my return which is interesting I also think like I don't do it because I'm not great at saving receipts but now I feel like companies are making it so much easier so this return in particular was at Anthropology, where like all of my purchases are tracked through my email. Mm-hmm. Every time I check out, they say like, "What's your email?" Um, so that made it a lot easier. But then I didn't have my receipt; I didn't have anything. And they were like, "Hey, we can put this back on your card because we can see the card." They were like, "Do you have the card?" And I think most people would say like, "Yeah, I want the money back on my card." And I was like, "No, I want a store credit." Because they were like, "You want a store credit?" And you're like, "Most people want it back on their card." Then I, like, I get yeah, to go I just back to. I want to keep this as like clothing money now. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because then it's like yeah. you can't find groceries with that. That's your anthro money. No, that's, that's really important. that's my anthro money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm really glad that we like welcome to Girls <laughs> Night. Welcome to Girls Night. Yeah, <laughs> good to know. This I just is... I just learned how to return things, and I'm 33. Feels yep. like a win. A win. Okay. Well, so speaking of girls night, Jess, I'm so happy you're here. And I, you know, I just, I told you a little bit about this, um, when we first started talking, but the whole heart of this whole place is gathering together as women and telling the truth about our lives and encouraging each other and, um, getting to find out that we're not alone in what we're going through and, um, like guiding each other along the way. I know that my life has been totally transformed by conversations with girlfriends, especially if they happen in yoga pants and like eating pizza, uh, yeah. pizza just like improves the whole situation. So we're not eating pizza yeah. right now, but Fair. that's okay. Like close. Um, and I know <laughs> that really my faith has been so grown by conversations with my girlfriends and, um, yeah. having like a crew with you in this and talking through it and, um, getting to tell you about their faith and getting, getting to hear what other girls are going through and what God's doing in their life. I feel like it shows us, okay, this is possible for me. And it kind of draws us deeper. And really the reason I wanted to talk to you is because, Like when I think of you, I have this mental picture of we're all at the beach and you're in the ocean and you have gone past that point where you can no longer touch and you're like treading water and riding the waves and, um, one, you make it look like a blast. And I love that. (laughs) Like it just like you're it. Yeah. So, and then, and I feel like as you know, all of the women in our community were, we're at different places, you know, some of the women in my community are just like dipping a toe into this whole God thing, like not even sure right. what it's about. And then, you know, some of us are up to our knees or up to our neck or whatever, but I just love the depth of your relationship with the Lord. And of course, like, mm. um, we can see it through like your books and, and Instagram and your writing and stuff, but really like, I love your depth with the Lord. And so my hope is that just as we get to talk to you about faith and um, especially how faith like relates to certain areas of our lives that you can just kind of like draw us out and be like, Hey guys, like come out here. I promise the water's fine. So that's my hope for this whole thing. And I'm really excited about it. I Uh, love it. I love that description. Let's do that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so 
really quick as like kind of before we get started and this is a huge question that I'm going to ask you to like answer you know in just an unfair snapshot but can you kind of give us just like a snapshot of your testimony just where Mm. like where you come from with the Lord yeah Um, because I feel like it's always easier to I don't know we can always make assumptions about each other like well she always knew Jesus or she always did everything right or like she has some sort of leg up over me that this is easier for her. So, um, and I actually, like, I've heard you tell a little bit of your story and I know that that's not the case. So I yeah. love to hear just like a snapshot. Absolutely. Well, I was, um, born into a family with a single mom and, um, my, I was, I was raised with her and my older sister and, um, my adolescence childhood was pretty like fun and wild and, um, single mom-esque. We, ate a lot of ice cream. We had a lot of dance parties. Um, we were in the church. I I knew about God. I heard about God, but, um, I was very aware that I didn't have a personal relationship with God, like just very aware. Like I don't have that and I don't want that. Um, and got into some dark stuff really early into my like early tweens and teens, drugs, alcohol, sex, um, you name it. And, um, was living like a pretty dark life as like a 14, 15 year old and, um, still in church, still like going on Sundays, hearing all the things, um, just felt like it's not for me. That's not, it's not like what I'm into. And, um, I had a radical experience with like Jesus, with God, um, when I was 15 and it was not, um, deeply pious or, um, you know, what I think most people expect. I wasn't listening to someone preach. I wasn't, no one was witnessing to me. Um, but at the time my mom and my sister both believed in God and had a relationship with God. And I was watching them worship and kind of watching them sing. And I looked at their faces and was like, okay, I'm in, uh, just cause I knew them and I loved them. I could see like peace and hope and life written over their lives. And they were the women I most respected. And so I was like, I'm in, I'll, t- I'll take Jesus. Um, and I would say from there, the way the Lord's written my personality, um, I just kind of like took it too far and never looked back. Like <laughs> the very next week started scouring my Bible. And a few months later, you know, as like a 15 year old, try to start like writing devotionals for my friends and just really kind of bought this idea that we by Jesus have access to eternal life. And that that doesn't just affect whether or not we go to heaven or hell, but it really makes our life here vibrant and beautiful and um, amazing. And that he's better. Like, it's just better to do life with him here. And, um, I was experiencing so much relief, I think from, um, from like the darkness that I'd been living in that I just kind of worked out of that relief and tried to tell as many people as I could about Jesus. And so that was about 18 years ago. And I've had a lots of ups and downs and I've had lots of um, trials and struggles in the midst of that. But I think I'm still living in that same relief today where, um, I wake up and just remember like, Oh Jesus, like he's good. Uh, he made a way for me. Um, and that's really my story. (laughs) That's, that's where I'm at today. Like very much in the grip of God's grace and feeling relieved that he loves me. Oh, I love that. And like, I feel like you took a page out of like my own, Mm -hmm. testimony too. Like, um, 
when you said it's better, like it's vibrant and it's better and it's beautiful. And it's, I think that the thing that kept me from becoming a Christian for a really long time was the fact that I, I thought that God like took away more than he gave, like that, that it would, instead of taking a life, um, and making it more colorful, I thought that God would make your life black and white and full of lots of rules and regulations and um, very flat. And I feel like what I got to experience as I like gave him a shot and said, like, I'm in, um, yeah. was that he, when we jump into life with him, it's actually like better, actually on paper yeah. better. It's yeah, like not in theory, actually better and fuller and more beautiful and more colorful and um, yeah. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think, so really one of, um, it's such a joy to get to hear from you and to get to watch you worship and love the Lord and um, pursue him and to just, like, I love that as you're running your race and as you're pursuing him, you stop along the way and you're like, hey, this is what he's telling me. This is what I'm learning along the way. And it's so encouraging. Um, and the thing that I love the most about the way you describe your faith is that it is such a relationship and it is so yeah. like it, it's popped off the page in so many ways. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's like, I think that that's really hard to know how to do. Um, if you were to talk to like when you're talking to women who are just kind of digging in with their faith or just getting to know Jesus, or they've been to church, like they're kind of going to church on Sundays and they're wanting more, but they're not sure what more looks like. Talk to us about that. Like, how do you, yeah, how does a, how does a faith, how does our faith and our relationship with God pop off the page from being like, you know, we journal a little, we read a little bit of scripture, we show up on church, at church on Sundays to something where it actually transforms our life. Like where's the, what happens in the middle of there? Right. Um, well, I would, my like 15 year old self would say the same thing my 33 year old self would say. So that's helpful. Um, I would say fight against any standardization and any, um, systems that anyone wants to put you in. Um, because it is as simple as talking to God. Um, you know, I love that we have lots of tools to help us study the Bible or like learn how to pray or how to be in community. But I think that the most vibrant real life relationship comes out with Jesus when we literally just take it at face value. God wants to talk to me and he wants me, he lets me talk to him. Like, that's prayer. So whether that's like driving in your car or walking around the block or in your head, um, not saying special words, like saying what you think and saying what you feel and letting him say things back to you. and really just like believing that he will and believing in the most like core human way that we can by saying like, this feels crazy, but I'm going to talk to you. Will you talk back to me? That feels crazy, but I'm going to keep saying that. Um, I would say like that is an incredibly vibrant prayer life. And I don't know one single woman who has tried that and not experienced abundance. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I get to say that with like, like it's this like scientific fact um, is because it is like God says, taste and see that I'm good. And I just, I like believe more than anything that I believe in this world that if you sit you know, in your car alone, or if you take a walk around the block or you sit on your bed and you genuinely say like, this feels weird. I want to talk to you, God. I want to know you better. Will you talk back to me? Um, I think you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, I talk to women all the time. And we're like, do you really think that? I mean, I've tried prayer. It's not, it's not that way for me. 
And so then I get to just kind of dig back in and say, like, do you really pray? Or do you, like, sit and journal what you think you should say? Because that's not praying. <laughs> that's <laughs> writing some kind of weird poem. Like, that's not that's not talking to God. And I'm not saying you shouldn't write. You can totally write your prayers. Um, or, you know, even I, I talk about, like, hey, it's powerful to pray in groups. And that's, like, beautiful. And it builds community. And um, people say, like, I've tried that. It doesn't feel good for me. And I'm, so then I say, like, well, were, you, were you standing in a circle, like, trying to say words that you thought the people around you should hear? Or were you talking? to like the king of the universe with your friends. Cause that I will bank on like that. I will bet my life on same with the Bible. Um, you know, just like read the Bible, like read any part of it, like start in numbers, start in John, start in Luke, start in revelation, um, start at reading the Bible and, and couple it with prayer to make it even more powerful and say like, God, this, some of this feels crazy and the language feels different. Um, I don't want to know it so I know more. I don't want to know it so I seem smart. I don't want to know it because I think it'll make me better. I don't even want to know it because I think it'll make me closer to you because I believe I'm as close to you as I possibly can be, but I want to know you better. And so will you help me understand this? Will you help me like hear from you in this? Will you change me when I read this? And I, again, I'm like willing to bet with my whole life that, you'll feel deep and close to God. Um, and so I think it's literally as simple as that. And I would just say like, that would be my first tip is I would fight against anything that tells you that it can't be that easy. I would fight against any program or system or teaching that tells you that you need to make it harder than that. Are there other tools we can use and that we get to use? Are there different things that we can do to stretch out different like disciplines in our faith, absolutely. But they should all be done from like a worshipful, excited place, never from a place of like, I need to do this so that I can be a better Christian. I need to do this so I can get closer to God. I love that. I love that. That's so good. I think I heard, um, I'm going to really butcher this, but I think it was Francis Chan that I heard one time say, and this was like four days into me being a Christian, that he said, when you read the Bible, read it for what it says forget what people and and obviously teachers and people who guide us are so helpful but he goes forget what people have taught you like read it and do what it says that it's that easy and and every time I get get caught up being like well what's the like wanting to make it harder than it is okay what does it say what does it say yeah when we listen yeah do the things it changes everything when we read it and stop arguing with it also like I find that we realize it's not all that offensive yes you know, yes. like, oh, that's, that's just a good idea. Like, don't judge people. Okay. All right. You're right. Yes. I won't. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, I was planning on talking to you about this later, but I, we're just going to go here now. Um, you just wrote a book all about holiness. Yes. Tell us about the book and tell us like, tell us about this revelation of holiness, because I feel like when you said stop arguing with it and just do what it says, like, that's exactly that's exactly what I was hearing as I was listening to your book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the book is really just kind of written around this wild idea that is very biblical, that um, we don't have to do anything to become more holy, but that we already are. Um, and so all that holy means is set apart. The Bible talks a lot about God's holiness um, and talks about how he's set apart. He's like otherworldly. He's perfect. He's good. He's holy. Um, and so the, the major dilemma of humans is that we're not, 
um, that by nature we're fallen, we sin, we act like we don't know him. Um, but by grace through faith, God made a way and sent his son Jesus so that we could be united with him so that we could have relationship with him. And when we believe in Jesus, then the Bible says we're made holy. We're made like God. He gives us the holiness of Jesus. He gives us the righteousness of Christ. And even though we didn't deserve it, and even though we didn't earn it, and even though we can't muster it up, he puts it on us and says, this is who you are. Now act like it. Um, And so for me, the revelation is this massive misunderstanding um, that I feel like I have and that a lot of believers have that we're supposed to act more holy or become more holy or grow to be more holy rather than just acknowledge that God's already called us holy and our entire life is agreeing with it or not. It's responding to what he said we are and just agreeing like, yes, I am holy or no, now I don't believe that I am. Um, And so yeah, that's it. That's pretty much what the whole book is about. There's a lot in there about grace because I feel like to understand holiness, we have to really understand how we have access to holiness, which is grace. And then there's a large portion of the book that's about mission. Um, and that's really the the supposition that if we talk a lot about grace and we talk a lot about holiness and we're only talking about ourselves and we only think about ourselves for the rest of our life, we'll be really missing it because we could spend the rest of our lives telling other women by grace, you've been made holy too. You, something that you talk about in the beginning is that you feel like we, um, and you gave a lot of context to the church that I didn't have because like I became a Christian at the end of my college experience. And so, um, I missed out on like just years of history and like, I just sort of kind of came into it. Um, but you talked a lot about how for a long time, like the church really was all about the rules and then we've Mm. swung to be all about grace, which is really good. And we always are telling each other, like, there's grace, there's grace, you're okay, there's grace. But, um, especially, and you, you kind of laid this out at the beginning of the book that you, that you, in some ways we've missed the set apartness in our focus on grace. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've been in that church a while, so I watched a little bit of that swing happen. I mean, I grew up in a church where they were like choir robes and everybody wore pantyhose and it was church. It was like what we think of when we think of, you know, like a pretty traditional church. And, um, I didn't hear a ton about grace and I did hear a lot about how God was good and God was holy. And, um, and then I watched this kind of wild swing happen as I had began to work in churches and do ministry. Um, and it was beautiful and it was good. And, um, it meant people were wearing jeans to church. And it also meant that, um, you know, we were like more welcoming to people everywhere just to say like, Hey, welcome home. This can be for you too. Um, but, um, I noticed starting in my own life that we missed what we were welcoming people to. We talked a lot about grace, which grace is the vehicle that gets us to holiness, but we kind of just stopped there. There's grace. There's grace, which is good news. Grace is good news. But why is grace good news? Grace is good news because we're sinners. Grace is good news because we're broken and without Jesus, we wouldn't be okay. Grace is good news because we've been purchased to a new place, a new identity, a new relationship with God. Um, and that's holiness. That's really good. That's really good. Um, I think that I've seen a little bit of that in my 
own community in my own life where we um, where we do focus a little bit more on the grace, but then not what's next. Like you're great. You're forgiven. You're like, you're in. Okay. Well then what do we do with this? And I think that, um, you know, going back to reading scripture and not arguing with it, like, I think the thing I was so afraid of about becoming a Christian was, was rules. And the thing about it is that I don't think that God gives us like, it's not about that. It's about that God knows us and he knows the best way that the world works and he knows our hearts and he knows what's good for us. And, um, when he tells us things like forgive each other or don't judge each other or like, don't do this or do this. Like, it's not, um, a requirement to get in. It's a, Hey kiddo, like I love you and I'm on your team. And, and I, and I know how your heart works. Like I created it. And so when you do these things, you're life on the other side isn't flat. It isn't black and white. It's actually like a kaleidoscope of color. Absolutely. When you live life Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's funny people, you know, if you know anything about the old Testament, a lot of people talk about the laws of the old Testament and like, you know, grace means that we don't have to live by those laws anymore, which is so good. And, um, a lot of the, the laws in the old Testament are dietary and they're structural and some of them are kooky and weird. And like women should leave when they have their periods and like, we should cover our heads and blah, blah, blah. But as you study the rules of the old Testament, what you find is like, it was basically God being like the like FDC health regulator for everyone. He basically was teaching people how to live like, Hey, you should really wash your hands when you handle meat. That's amazing. <laughs> like, it'll keep you safe. Like, yes. people didn't know that. So God told them. Yes. Like, you know, like, hey, you should only use your left hand when you go to the bathroom. And you should only use your right hand when you eat meat. But then we call that like, oh, these stringent laws of the Old Testament. Like, no, it's just a good idea. It's just mm-hmm. a really good idea. The period ones are incredibly interesting. Pull them out sometime at a girl's night. Like, all these rules for women when they're on their period. But one is like you leave the whole time you're on on your period and you go to a tent. Like now, now we're like, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Let us go to the tent for a week. Don't have to cook. Don't have to take care of any kids. Don't have to yell at anyone. Literally just go sit with a bunch of other women. Like that sounds right. Yeah. God might've been, God might've been out of being like a good idea and like loving as well. Yes. Um, I feel like yeah, Sabbath so. is such a good example of that too. Like we think like you, well, and, and if you read scripture, like everyone started making all these crazy rules about like, well, you can only do this on the Sabbath. And it became this really like religious strict thing, but it wasn't about that. God's like, Hey, take a day off. Like, Hey, right. rest, fill up, spend time with me. Like chill out for a second. And, and that's a good thing. All these things are really yeah. good things that he gives us to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the Sabbath reminded me, I wanted to ask you, um, as you talk about your relationship with Jesus and as you, um, talk about, um, like the conversations that you have with him, I feel like something I've heard you talk a lot about are rhythms and Mm. just how you spend your week and how you, um, almost like, um, and I'm sure that you and your husband, Nick, like have date nights and stuff, but I feel like you have some like really like scheduled moments with Jesus throughout the week, like almost like date nights with him. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Like what that looks like in your week? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think rhythms are just like an easy way to basically like schedule without stressing yourself out. So kind of noticing how your week goes, how it's already set up and what you need most at different times. So, um, you know, Right. Date night is a great example. Like my husband and I go on a date night. So we've had to figure out what's the best night for us to go on a date night. Well, for us, it's Thursday because Friday's our day off. So, 
um, Friday night, we like to like be with our kids, usher them into the weekend. We usually have some community stuff going on, but Thursday by Thursday, we've worked Saturday night, all day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're tired. We need to reconnect. Um, and so we've learned like if we go on date night first, it starts our Friday Sabbath off really well. Um, and yeah, same with the Lord. Like, um, I think I've figured out like to, for me every day, isn't like a wake up at 5am, read the Bible for an hour. Um, it depends on when I think I'm going to need him and when I'm going to be put back, when I'm going to need to be put back together. And, um, there are some days when I know like today's the day I am going to have to take my Bible with me to work. And I may only have 30 minutes while I sit in the car waiting for my kids to get out of school. But like, this is a good rhythm for me because I know no other time during this day, is it going to happen? Um, and in general, also in light of rhythms, I feel like the best thing the Lord has really reminded me of is that like, I get to be accompanied by him at all times. Mm -hmm. So whether there's five minutes or whether there's 30 seconds or whether I'm sending emails or I'm exercising, I get to be accompanied by him. If I want to be, I get to, I get to be with him. I get to feel comforted by him. I get to perceive his presence. I get to hear from him. And so that doesn't have to happen in really long, you know, hour long sessions with a cup of coffee and a candle lit. Like it can happen when my kids are being crazy in the back of the car. I can, I can talk to him and I can hear from him and I can spend time with him. It almost seems like the difference between like, um, going to, uh, I don't know, like a high priest that you visit once a week and you like, I don't know, you say all the right words and you like fancy yourself up and you wear pantyhose versus having the kind of girlfriend. Like, I feel like we've all had these girlfriends in different seasons where it's the friend you like grocery shop with, you know, like she's just always there. You actually like, you talk about big things, but then you talk about like nail polish and you guys are just together all the time and you get to say the true things as they come up and as they happen. And you're just like walking through it together. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say like, 90% of my prayers to God are one sentence long and they're things like help or like, please give me some words or like, I love you. Help me love you more. And those are real deep conversations with them. Um, and they're real deep conversations that have changed my life for sure. How do you hear from the Lord? I think that that's like, I feel like prayer is easier for us because we're good at talking and we're, we're good at, um, like we know how we feel and, um, listening to the Lord feels harder and trickier. And I know that that's like define air or something, but (laughs) just give us like a hint there. Yeah. Here's my general rule. Um, if I think something and it lines up with who God is, who I know him to be, um, which is very important that we read our Bible so we know who he is and the kind of things he says. If I think something and it lines up with who God is, I give him credit for it. I say he told me. And here's the deal. I may be giving God way too much credit, but I would call that the Holy Spirit that's alive and active inside of me. In the Bible, Jesus says, I'm going to send you the helper. He's going to go with you. He's going to be with you every step of the way. Um, And so I would rather say, God told me, or I heard from the Lord, or I think he might've told me and I'm, I'm waiting and praying. I'd rather give him too much credit than not give him credit. To me, the alternative is let's say I just have what I think is a good idea, or I have a thought and I say like, well, I had this wonderful thought. Well, then I'm taking the credit. But what I know to be true about God is that everything that's good about me is his. 
Um, and every thought and every good gift that I've been given or that I can give anyone else is his anyways. So from where I stand, I say like, you know what, Jess on her own, apart from Jesus, doesn't really think a lot of good thoughts. Like she thinks about herself. She thinks about getting good for her. She thinks about um, building her own kingdom. But Jesus in Jess, the Holy Spirit in Jess, thinks good thoughts, thinks kingdom building thoughts, thinks things that build other people up. And so anything that falls under that category, I just call God and say, I heard it from him. And I may be wrong and I may get to heaven and God say like, you kook, you thought I was talking to you all the time. None of that was me, but I really don't think that's the case. (laughs) And I'd really rather do that than get to heaven and him say, I was literally talking to you all day long. You never listened to me. You always wondered why I wasn't talking when I was being as loud as I possibly could. I was being as loud as your own thoughts. And you didn't give me any credit. You pretended like every good idea was your own. And you said that you never heard from me. So, yeah, I think like that's how you hear from God in your own thoughts. I think it can also be through scripture. I think it can also be through other people. I think it can also be through songs. Um, I believe a lot in the um, what I call like the prophetic imagination. So like I can listen to a Kanye West song and hear a principle on leadership and say like, well, he said the F word, which I don't think honored God. But he said something that was very true and wild and beautiful there. And I do think that honored God. And it helped me understand the world a little bit better. So, like, thanks, God, for talking to me through that Kanye West song. Help me not to say the F word. Thanks. Amen. Like, you know. Um, so I that's how I think you hear from God. Like, as close as your own thoughts, also other people, also reading the word. Um, but, yeah, mostly, like, the Holy Spirit and us talking to us. In our own voice. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. I like, yeah. I can't even say anything after that. Um, <laughs> my, one of my best friends, she was, God used her in absolutely enormous ways in my um, journey to get to know him. Um, she's my best friend, has been my best friend since I was eight years old. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember Michelle telling me one time that um, every time she heard, um, oh my gosh, what the heck was... Lady Gaga's like first big hit. I'm totally blanking on it right now. Was it just dance? Bad romance. No. What was the it heck? that? It wasn't poker face. Oh my gosh, this is terrible that I don't remember this. This is like in my book. My like listeners are gonna be like, so Stephanie, funny. it's this. Whatever. There's a Lady Gaga <laughs> song that Michelle just loved, and every time she heard it, she felt like it was God just like giving her a little hug and just being like, I love you, Michelle. And, like really, if it. he gets if she gets to heaven and she's like, God, every time I heard Lady Gaga, like, were you really telling me that he that you love me? If the answer is no. Who cares? Because he does, you know? Like he I, does. It's like, I would way rather get that one wrong than, like, yes, anything yeah. is rem- anything that reminds us that he loves us, like, and And if the alternative, like, if we walk it out, the alternative is like, oh, you think about God too much, or you, like, give God too much credit, or you think he's in all the little things. Like, I'm like, that's what he says. Yes. So, like, you, you think he can only handle really big stuff? People are like, oh, who you think God's talking to you when he's, he needs to handle the, the wildfire in California. I'm like, I just, I kind of believe he's big enough to do both. Yeah. Yes. I, I, that's what he says. So like, I think I'm going to believe him. That's such a good point. Cause I think that a lot of us, like when we pray about little things, like we feel guilty about it. Like God doesn't care about my whatever he doesn't 
have time to think about this. Yeah, like he has other things to worry about or it's stupid that I'm praying about this. Like if we believe that God is as big as he is, and I think we can try our hardest to believe he's huge and still not even be close. Then yeah. of course, like God is there taking care of everybody in California and he's here taking care of this conversation. And he's like with you talking to you about this test you have tomorrow or this thing you're worried about at work or whatever. Like he's in yeah. all of it. Yeah, absolutely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. 
The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Having this relationship with the Lord and walking with Him and having Him right next to us as we walk through life, um, I think that one of the things that trips us up as women, I think for all of us, is our identity. Like, mm. I, and I think that that actually gets in the way of us being able to really receive what God has for us is that like he loves us and that's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that he is who, uh, that we are who he says we are. Can you like talk sure. about that a little bit? Identity uh-huh. and how we believe God's truth yeah. about us. I think it goes back to the exact same thing we were just saying. I, I do think right in, in our generation, we're harassed and helpless right now, whereas it pertains to identity. Like women are struggling with eating disorders and insecurity and body image and just general unease about their entire personality. Um, and on the flip side, I think we see women like really fighting for like, I'm okay. I'm this, I'm that. And that you can tell, like, that's not really it either. Like you're not really at ease either. Um, and I think it goes back to, I hear women a lot talk about their, their image or their identity and, and I'll hear them say things where they're like, Oh, I know that I'm good. Or I know that, um, I know that I'm, I'm okay. Or like they're, they talk a lot about themselves. And so I think like, it goes back to like, let's, let's not make it about us. Let's say like we're made in the image of God. So we either believe he's good or not. Hmm. Like we either believe he's a liar or not. Um, I have a hard time like mustering up some like identity and worth and excitement about who I am when I'm only talking about me. But when my eyes are on God and when I'm in awe of him and when I'm talking about him, then suddenly to talk poorly about myself is not talking poorly about myself. It's talking poorly about him. It's talking poorly about the work that he did, about the thing that he made, about the thing that he loves. Um, and so it's just worth like pausing and saying like, am I, am I trying to muster up some identity based on like who I am? Um, and, and sometimes I just think we find so much more freedom when we just dive in deep and say like me on my own is not good. Honestly, it's not enough. Like I'm not enough. I am too much. I am silly. I am not all that smart. Sometimes I make bad decisions. I have poor motives. Um, I'm not the prettiest girl. I'm not the nicest girl. I'm, I'm none of those things, but God is in me and he is very good. And that is something I can stand on. Um, he has made me in his image and he said, I'm good. And that I can't really doubt because it's either like worshiping him or worshiping the enemy and saying like, no, he's not that good. 
you know, the very first lie um, that the enemy used with Eve is he said, like, did he really say that? Did God really say that? Um, and so I think that's the same lie that we're being, you know, poked with today. Like, did he really say you're good? Did he really say you're okay? Did he really say he loves you? And I think we get to vehemently shout back like, yeah, he did. Shut up. Go somewhere else. I'm fine. Mic drop. There it is. (laughs) 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 Um, I... I maybe can't, every once in a while, I feel like in our lives and in our walks with the Lord, like we go through something and it's like a minor big deal or whatever. And we kind of pass it. So I might be doing that. I might be making something bigger in your life than was actually, um, big. Probably not. I think everything's a big deal. Okay. Well, then this was a really big deal for me and I'm really glad that you said it. Um, I got to hear you talk about one time about taking yourself out of the running. Do you... One, remember that. And two, can you t- like oh, talk yeah. about that? That was a really big deal in my life. Oh, okay. you were you were right. Okay, good. It's a really big deal, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, basically just one day talking to the Lord and I, I think I was like kind of half talking to the Lord and I was mostly just talking to myself and like doing that thing we do where I was like kind of not even being genuine and I was realizing um I just had like a moment of like honesty where, you know, sometimes even in our, our own head, we're not very honest about what's happening and about what we're doing. Um, and being totally honest in my own head, I was realizing that in a few different categories, I was just trying to figure out where I ranked in different areas. So out of all the moms I know, like, where am I on the scale of like best out of all my friends, like, you know, if I'm on, if I'm measuring like, who's the most fit, like, where am I as it pertains to like being the most generous or the most kind, like, where am I on those scales? Um, and I think we all do that all day long (laughs) and basically like want to know going into every relationship, every interaction, am I more well-known than her? Am I less well-known than her? Am I, more successful? Am I less successful? Am I a better dresser? Am I a worse dresser? Am I more giving? Am I less giving? Um, do I work harder? Do I work less hard? Um, do I seem to have more money? Do I have less money? Do I spend my money better or do I save worse than she does? And, um, just had like a massive moment of clarity where I threw my hands in the air and said like, I'm out, I'm out. I don't want to be in the running anymore. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a church planter and so we live in church world and, um, there's all these lists that churches are in like fastest growing churches in America or biggest churches in America. And recently we heard about a church in our area that just said like, we, uh, the only way they make those lists is because people call and say like, Hey, we need to know how many people are coming to your church or we need to know how many, you know, how much growth you've had in the last year. Um, and I heard of a larger church in our area recently, someone called them. I was like, we need to know how many people have you've added in last year. We're ranking the 10 top growing churches. And they just said like, we're not going to tell you. We don't, we don't want to be on your list. Like we're not in it for that. And I felt, I feel like that's what I was doing spiritually where I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yes. I'm not going to do it to me. I'm not going to do it to the Lord. I'm not going to do it to the women around me. Like yes. I'm out. I'm not trying to be the cutest. I don't want to be. 
I don't want to be the prettiest. I don't want to be the best mob. I don't want to have the cutest house. I don't want to have the cleanest car. I don't want to have the best book. I don't want to have the best Instagram feed. I want to worship the Lord and whatever happens happens. And I'm not interested in the fruit. Like I'm not interested in where I rank. I'm out of the running. I am so glad that you shared that. That was, thank you. Like, thank you. Even Mm. just hearing that, I feel like it lifts, like it just lifts things right off of our shoulders. Like, oh my gosh. I feel like it's, um, I know that you're a big runner, which I honestly don't understand. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I, so I know that you're a big runner, but I feel like it's like being in an actual race, like a 10 K or something and ducking under the rope and just like laying down in a park. And like that I can get on board with like, okay. Or even different. It's like being in a 10 K race and saying like, I might've just won. I don't know. Yes. It's like the, the purpose is like, you're still running. You still get the joy of doing the thing you were made to do. You're not quitting. You just don't care where you end up. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. That's so good. Which Uh, I have to say as a runner makes zero sense. (laughs) you're like no I need to know I need to know I I I still like you know wear a watch when I run and like watch you know like every minute like what my pace is yes of course uh, well and I mean like I think that knowing um and this is sort of like the trick of I think any profession any career even you know starting and running a church like knowing that your church is growing or that your church is not growing, like it's helpful. It's helpful to know those things, but it just, I think the ranking thing is, is, is the truth of it. It's like, because it it is helpful to know, you know, I'm running faster. I'm growing. I'm getting stronger, but taking, like not looking at the people next to you. That's because it's not about them. That's so, it's not about them. It's so freeing. That's so. And it not only does it not love us well, and not only does it not love the Lord well, but it doesn't love them well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not, yeah, we're not able to be sisters or friends or cheerleaders for each other. We're competing and yeah, just actually no one wins when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jess, I have a few last um, kind of podcasty questions I've been asking everybody and I'm throwing them out the window because I have specific questions I want to ask you. So everyone who's going to hear this okay. is going to hear different questions for you. Um, I love it. So... First of all, and this is um, something I've been learning lots and lots and lots about lately. Um, Can you talk to us about boundaries in your life, about things you say yes to and things you say no to and how you figure out um, what's yours to do and what's not? And um, how I'm I'm sure because one, you run a church, which I think automatically makes you someone that people want to talk to and get coffee with. You have four kids. You yeah. own two businesses at least, right? Or some something around there. Something around there, yeah. Um, you are an author. You are a speaker. You are all these things. And so I know that there are more things for you to do in a day and more people asking for your attention and your, your time than you have time to give. How do you decide? Yeah. Well, I will, I'm going to say, first of all, like no one in my life would say like, ask just about boundaries. It's, it's a massive struggle for me. So like, there's just a huge dose of humility on the front end. It's in a lot of ways, I'll tell you this. In a lot of ways, I think I've gotten where I'm at today because I don't have great boundaries. Like that's just being honest. Um, let me say this. I have, I feel like I have spirit led boundaries, but I don't have great human boundaries 
based on like what most people think is normal. So, you know, um, like I've had internet strangers come stay at my house for a night. Like that's a boundary that most people wouldn't cross. Um, that's awesome though. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) and, and in a lot of ways, like I, I want, I believe in being very interruptible. So, um, there's a lot of ways that I let people in or that I go back to people's lives, go back into people's lives that I think a lot of people wouldn't. Um, and I think it's part of who God's made me and it's part of how he's grown what I do because I'm just, I like, I, I am one of the girls. And so I want to be one of the girls, you know, um, I'm very anti green room when I go to an event. So like, you're not going to find me hidden back somewhere, um, like inaccessible. I want to be with people. I want to talk to women. I want to hug you know, 2000 women in a night, if I can, I want to pray for every single one of them. Um, but, (laughs) um, here's the things I've learned about boundaries that I have to know. I have to, I, I do have to have some ranking in my life of what's most important. Um, because if I don't love the like most important things, well, then I, then I will be like not loving them. Well, you know, I'll be hurting them. Um, so I have to know for me, it is like Jesus, Nick, kids, church, work, internet. Um, and they have to go in that order. Um, and that doesn't mean that I can't be flexible and it doesn't mean that it sometimes one doesn't get more attention. Um, but Nick has to feel like the most loved. And then after that, my kids have to feel the most loved. And, um, before Nick gets loved, like me and Jesus need to be right. And so, um, yeah, I would say just like some quick things I've learned about say about boundaries is that saying yes to someone means saying no to someone else. And so, um, every time I say yes, I need to consider who I'm saying no to by saying yes. A lot of times when I say yes to people, I'm saying no to my own personal sanity. Um, and that isn't really a wise thing to do. So, um, every yes is a no. Don't think that saying yes is like the best thing you can do because somewhere along the way, you're going to say no for that. Yes. Um, I think that our culture does not believe in saying no and that it, we make it like very unsexy to say no. Um, but I think it can be one of the most spiritual acts of worship. Um, I've found the most fruit and the most freedom in seasons where I've said no to things that would be very lucrative for me. That would be very good for me. Um, that would be very fun for me, but that would mean me saying no to a lot of like private growth and, um, I just think like private long-term growth always wins. Um, I think one good boundary to know is like who gets to speak into your life. Um, God's given me a lot of help there about like, I don't have a ton of boundaries, whereas it pertains to giving to other people. Um, and I think a lot of times when women talk about boundaries, they talk about not giving too much. Um, for me, I'm like down with giving all I need to give. It's who gets into me that is a very strong boundary for me who gets to speak into my life even things like a lot of times a lot of strangers will like send me a message on Instagram say like how can I pray for you and I don't respond to that not because I don't want to pray for them. I don't want them to pray for me but because to answer that would be very vulnerable um and I, I don't know that that's like a boundary I want to cross where like everyone also feels like they are like holding me up you know and so I would say like hey if you want to pray for me you can pray for whatever you think the Lord needs to tell you but like you know, that would be like a small boundary for me to not say like, well, I'm having a bad day or, you know, my husband and I got an argument. Like that's not, that's not okay. Um, yeah, but 
in general, I think like the Holy Spirit is with us and attentive to us and gives us wisdom about our boundaries. And I would probably go back to the very first thing I would say in like that first question, like any systematic program that someone needs to tell you about how to have boundaries um, is probably not the most life giving. And I would especially say like we should fight against the American standard for what boundaries look like, because I think we're in a day and age where we're very obsessed with margin and we're very obsessed with rest and we're very obsessed with like having our own time and our own money and our own savings and our own like, like wealth of like goodness. And I think like serving people hurts and it costs us. And I think Jesus rested, but I think he worked a lot. Um, and I think he loved people a lot. I think sometimes he disappointed people and pulled away when he needed to be alone, but he also like loved and gave and it, and it cost him. Um, and so I would say we should fight against like an American version of boundaries. That's like, make sure you have yours. Um, and then see what happens. I would say like, give of yourself, give, and it'll be given back to you. Rest, take all that you need. I have to say, I have to disagree with the first thing you said in the fact that you don't have boundaries because those are great. <laughs> those are so yeah, good. Yeah, I have some. I think I don't have very American boundaries. Yeah, well, and yeah. you know what? I think that like, so something I've been learning a lot about lately is um, Enneagram. Um, and I'm a two. And so I've been learning a lot about um, giving and boundaries and what I say yes to and what I say no to. And, and yes. um and that's, it's hard because you're right. Every yes is also a no. And that's, and the wh- reason why we say yes to things, like saying yes to things because you feel too guilty or bad or um, whatever to say no, is that's not the right, you know, like, it, yeah. I think it's different for everybody. And um, yeah, I think you, those are great, great insights. Thank you for sharing this. No problem. And you're right. Twos, twos need a lot of help with boundaries. Like you, cause you will just help until you die. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Until I die. I'm an eight, which is like a reformer changer. So I'm like, I, I'm, I also like literally never feel saying no. I never feel bad saying no about anything, which oh is like a very eight thing. I'm like, no, I won't be there. And people are like, really? I'm like, oh, I'm sure. You're like, oh, I should have said like, oh, sorry. And made an excuse. No, I just can't be there. Right. Yeah, no, no, I just don't want, I don't want to come. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can never, I can never. I'm working on that. I'm really working yeah. on that. Um, yeah. Okay, so the second thing I wanted to ask um, is we have a lot of women who are stepping into new things right now. Um, They're stepping into, um, you know, maybe they're about to start a new season of school or they're starting an internship or a new job or um, wanting to start something that's been kind of on their heart, like a dream or writing a book or writing a blog. Or I, I think that so many of us are stepping into new things and feeling a whole cocktail of emotions as we do it. And so I want to ask you, um, yoga pants and pizza right at the ready. Um, you've done really big things in your life, specifically, um, professionally starting a church, Mm -hmm. writing books, getting up on stage to speak, starting companies. How does that feel on the inside? Like, are you ever scared? (laughs) I'm going to give you the yoga pants answer. Give me the yoga pants. Um, it means nothing. Like the magnitude of it means nothing. The day the book is published, like couldn't care less. Okay. Tell me about that. I care a lot about 
how people are affected. And I really want to help women. Um, but I think if anyone tells you like they did some big thing and conquered some big dream and they did it. And at the end of it, like had this swelling sense of like, now I've made it now it's done. Like they are lying. They, they still feel scared. They still feel like it's not enough. They're still thinking about the next thing. They're still wondering if they're okay. We are just never going to find like at easeness in, in conquering the thing or doing the thing. Um, and so I would say whatever you're starting, whether it's a new job, a new career, a book, a podcast, a dream, do it like go for the dream, but only care all the time about who you're impacting and how you're going to help people because it does not matter how big it gets, how successful it is or how big you fail. Like that piece never feels better. Hmm. And I, I, I am like a hundred and ten percent still the same girl I was when I was 15. Um, I still feel as like cracked and needy and vulnerable and awkward as I did then. Um, if nothing else, like the big stuff only magnifies every little small issue I have. And so, um, yeah, I would just say like, if I could give you the biggest gift, any of those girls, if I could give them the biggest gift, I would say like, you've already made it. Like you've, you're, you're already as good as you're going to be. And you honestly, probably right now on the precipice of the dream at the start of it are more secure than you're going to be when you actually do it. So like only care about the people that you help and only care about the people that you're going to impact and only care about helping them and trash any idea about it being good for you, about how it's going to make you feel like just never care about it and you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Because it doesn't fill up that part of you that's looking to be filled just never feels different. Just never. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe my experience is different, but I have to say like, I, I, I can get off stage, you know, with thousands of women listening to me. And I, I really care if I feel like I've impacted them. But if I feel like it, if I even feel like a glimmer of like, they were impressed by me, I feel very empty and unknown and confused because I, I'm not impressive and I know me like I'm here in the yoga pants. Like I know. So if I've impacted them, then I'm thankful. Like, okay, I had a small part in that, but I also know it was just the Lord. So like, I'm really just thankful he let me be a part of it. Um, but there's none of it that feels like, oh, I made it. I did that thing. I worked hard and it was good. And so I don't, I just don't think I really just don't really believe that anybody feels that. And if they do, I think then they feel even more empty when like it goes away, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so you, so as, as girls are getting ready to try this thing and they're like, I think it's really easy to look at people who are doing the thing that we want to do or doing great things and to think that they're not scared or nervous or insecure that they feel like they have it all together and you feel none of those things. Unless, yeah, no, I mean, I, you're looking, I, you... I still feel scared and nervous and all that. I still feel all the crack things. It's not going away. Yeah. So I think like if we can just go ahead and decide like, oh, it's not about me, 
we we give those problems less power. Mm, that's really good. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yes. We give them less power. Like you're still going to feel scared. You're still going to feel upset when you fail. You're still going to feel insecure. Um, if not, you'll feel them 10 times more, 10 times more. Um, my, I actually, so I'm in counseling, you know, because this is hard. All of this is really hard. Yes. And, yes. um, I was talking to my counselor this week and I was just kind of like, I was giving her like the lightest version of like what I see in my Instagram inbox, the light version of like woke up this morning, had probably 10 really encouraging messages and three really discouraging ones. Mm. Um, you know, woke up to like lost 40 Instagram followers overnight and that's like a light day, you know? And, um, sometimes there's really heavy stuff attached to that. Sometimes people are like, you drew, you drove me away from the Lord. I never wanted to come to church again because of you. Or, you know, you get into like local ministry and like people from my church unfollowing me on Instagram or like, it gets all, things get weird real quick. And so I was giving her like the light version. And she was like, I do want to tell you, like, as your counselor, if I had one person say one of these things to me, she was like, I don't think I'd move for like a week. And you have to like keep moving. You have to like keep feeding your kids dinner and keep pretending like it's okay and keep producing. And I was like, right, right. But like, if, if I, if I, if I, this, it's the same gear that if I got on stage and felt like I did it, I did it. I did. I, I conquered this dream or I published the book and was like, it was a lifelong goal and, and my words mattered and I did it. Yay. It's the exact same gear that would, that would like send me into the pit of despair when someone was disapproving of me. So I just don't give power to either of them. If you live by it, you die by it. Right. I don't give power to the approval and to like my dreams coming true. And I don't give power to hurting people's feelings and my worst nightmares coming true. Like I'm here to worship. God decides the fruit. I'll be obedient okay man well if no one else needed that I did so thank you (laughs) I need it too I have to keep telling myself a lot like girl it's fine just keep going yes just we're here to worship that's what we're here for yes yes um I love that you said that your counselor said that my counseling appointment is in like an hour so (laughs) okay awesome (laughs) yes and it's so, yes, I, I'm so glad you said that. Um, so my last question um, is with all of, um, and I know like you talked about um, working really hard and giving, just giving until it hurts and um, the order of priorities in your life, the people who are most important and kind of how that filters down. Um, but when you carve out time to rest and fill back up, how do you do that? What does that look like for you? Um, running, <laughs> I know it's just weird. It's one yeah, of my biggest great. ones, like where me and the Lord meet a lot of times. Um, running is my biggest one. I'm a big like reality TV watcher, so <laughs> yeah, yep. reality TV. Like I just think it's super interesting. And um, my minor in college was in sociology, just like the study of people and how they interact. And I think I think that's what's most. I mean, really, I, I really do think that's what's most interesting to me about reality TV. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, women are crazy. Like, we are like this. Uh, um, what are your biggest, what are your reality TV shows? I'm like a, I'm like Bravo for life. So like anything Bravo, basically. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, like the Kardashians are my number one. 
it's just okay. they only come on once a week. So yeah. So you need something to yeah. fill the rest of the time. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm so <laughs> glad I know this about you. I'm so glad. Yeah. No. Big reality TV watcher. I don't, I don't do like The Bachelor or any of that. I mostly just do like straight Real Housewives and Kardashians. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do The Bachelor hard when it's bachelor season um I guess I don't have like parties but maybe I should I don't know um yeah but I definitely do bachelor and uh I do I guess this counts as reality tv but I do a lot of HGTV and oh yeah like the consistency of it that the house is a mess and then the house is nice or they're looking for a house and they find one just I could watch it all day long are you a two wing one or a two wing three I'm a two wing three okay Okay, that's good. To, okay, that makes sense. Why does that, what is that, like, what do you Well, see? the, like, house being a mess and the house being tidy, that sounds very two-wing one to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you it's, know. I think it's more that um, my husband watches, like, a lot of football. Like, thank God uh-huh. I like football because we are very much a football house. Um, yeah. And I think that football sort of, like, quiets his brain. And I yeah. think just, like, the, like, watching people do the same thing and having it always be happy and stuff just, like, kind of quiets my brain. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely two wing three. I I really I what I'm gonna say sounds crazy to most people, but I'll just say it since we've already said crazy things. Yeah, go ahead. Like I genuinely think watching reality TV makes me like a more balanced human. Because I'm like I I think it makes me a better friend. I think it makes me good at better at speaking life because I'm like, women are so nuts given they're like left to themselves. Like I will not do that. You can't talk to your friend like that. Or like even like conflict resolution, like if you say that, think about her. You're on camera. Like, she's going to find out. I feel like it <laughs> yes. makes me a better friend. Like, I go into conversations like, well, I'm not going to be like that crazy lady. Yes. Like, okay. okay. It, like, gives you insight. I love that. I, I feel like that a lot with The Bachelor, too, that, you know, um, something we talk about around here all the time is relationships and dating and singleness. And um, The Bachelor is, like, just the biggest study in um, – how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about our relationship status right. and how we go about connecting to other people. And yes, it's like, yes. there's just so much. If you want to feel secure, watch The Bachelor because you're like, oh, okay. These are, these are some very insecure women. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't want to be like that. Okay. Cool. Yes. Cool. Um, Jess, the last thing I want to ask you is, um, and this is kind of one of my typical podcasty questions, but I want to, I want to see what you say. Um, who's a, wom- a woman um, who's inspiring you these days? So, um, so random. I'm like, I'm listening right now. I am a very, very new audiobook convert, by the way, since you like audiobooks. I'm like the newest audiobook convert. My friends have been telling me forever, like, we really think you like audiobooks. Yeah. But I just now I'm believing them and I'm, re- I'm listening to Shonda Rhimes's audiobook. Okay. Um, and I'm like loving Shonda Rhimes. I mean, she, you know, she's a girl who is like the main writer of uh, Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. Yes. Um, but just like a very like self-made woman, single mom, never was a writer until she like got the job writing Grey's Anatomy. So she basically like pitched it. Um, and I'm, I'm like very inspired and spurred on by her story right now. I love that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, I need to go check that out. I'm a huge, huge audiobook person. And that's why I like podcasts too, because it's it's definitely like a multi, like kind of multitasking thing. Bring yes. some life into times when you're driving or grocery yes. shopping or whatever. Yes. Jess, this has been so good. You are Thank wonderful. You. And um, 
I'm going to link to all of your everything in the show notes so girls can go um, read your new book and read your old book. Um, that's not that old, but read your first book, <laughs> okay. read your second book, um, yeah. and follow you on Instagram. And I just thank you for being here and thank you for um, calling us out into the deep. Thank you for having me. Such a good hour. You guys, isn't Jess amazing? I just love her and I loved this conversation and I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I know we talked about a lot in today's episode, and so if you ever want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog, and for every episode, we have a blog post with all the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including Jess's contact info, so y'all can follow along with her and so y'all can be friends. Now, before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. And it's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and just take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really help us out. And thank you to all of you who have left such sweet comments already. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Okay, friends, I cannot believe I'm saying this already, but next week is our very last episode of season two of the podcast. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe we've reached the end so fast. But I love what we have in store for you next week, and we're already hard at work planning season three. So while we will be taking a short break, we won't be gone for long. Friends, thank you so much for joining us here at Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week.